One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 18, Episode 5, When the Going Gets Tough. The tough get going, I suppose. Well, at least the Mary gets going. (laughs) The Fidelis get going? (laughs) Something's happening. This was a very Mean Girls episode for me. It's going to be a lot of references to Mean Girls in my notes. (laughs) It was very clear that there is a divide between the family and we are getting two very different stories of what happened. Just some of the interactions that took place, some of the things that were said to one another was very Mean Girl-esque. And I guess it is timely because now we're closing in on October. It is Mean Girls season. (laughs) It is upon us. But the TLC description for this one is... The Browns discuss how things went over Christmas. Janelle confesses to Christine that she doesn't know if her marriage can be fixed. Robin and Mary try to dissect what went wrong over the years and reveal that Cody was not always equal with his time. Stop it. Really? Who knew? I never picked up on that. Aside from everybody on the planet. Essentially. I think everybody knew. <laughs> well, except for Robin's version of what actually happened was not what everyone saw occur. Well, I like that it's just Robin stealing other people's perspectives and their experiences and claiming them for her own. This is just the trend that continues for Robin. To make herself a victim. Of course. That's the important part of it. 
you can't be upset by those things because I have also experienced that. And it didn't upset me because secretly we all know Cody was at my house the whole time. Well, I've got a little rewrite for you. Let's hear it. Cody reaches full-on deadbeat dad status. Janelle forgets she's already been divorced. Robin adds a new page to her family burn book. Mary practices her daily affirmations. It wasn't too good, though. The affirmations. No, I don't think that's the stuff you should be repeating. Maybe she should have listened to the Robin affirmations. <laughs> you can check those out on our Patreon. They are a surprise you weren't expecting. I can guarantee that. Well, especially once people are just listening through the Patreon episodes and then you get to that one randomly and you weren't expecting it. You didn't seek it out. You didn't find it. It found you. The universe knew that you were ready to hear those. Speaking of, you can join us over in the virtual cul-de-sac on patreon.com slash surviving pod, where you can listen to our recaps of seasons one through 10 of Sister Wives. And of course, the famous Robin affirmations. That's just a special treat. There's also a ton of other episodes. Let's talk about it episodes that we've recapped various other sorts of television programming. We're really dipping our toes into something new this coming week with Mountain Monsters. Oh, yes. I'm so ready for this. Did we narrow it down on the poll here? There's no, no, there's, there's no, no poll, poll, babe. No okay, poll. good. You're picking. It's probably. You're the poll. Oh, you're the pollster. This is good. This is good news because I think I already know which one I'm going to pick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maisie's not excited about it, though. <laughs> she just yacked up a bug. And if you still find yourself watching this show alone on Sunday nights, that doesn't need to be the case anymore because you can join us over in the Discord channel, which is part of your Patreon benefits. And we are live watching the episode in the chat with you every Sunday night at 10.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That means you, Mary. You don't have to watch alone anymore. So come on over. Grab your phone. Connect your Discord to your Patreon. Grab your tequila. That too. <laughs> and as a quick reminder, be sure to check your welcome email when you sign up for the Patreon for the directions on how to connect to the Discord. And remember, every dollar you pledge just makes us a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. Huge thanks to all of our patrons out there, except for the basement wife tier. Gross. <laughs> Let's get this pony in the water. All right. Yeah. So I think this is Janelle is still trying to figure out. What happened from this big fight, the biggest fight she's ever had with Cody? And what does this mean for them? But she starts by saying she hasn't told anyone about the big fight. And I'm like, girl, didn't you already tell Christine about the big fight? And then didn't you mention it last week during the Christmas episode that you did mention it to the to kids? Literally all of your kids. But okay. So she didn't tell anyone about the fight yet. So maybe this was out of order. No, it wasn't. Because then, yeah, it's her. This is like January. This is way after the holidays. I don't know what happened. But in her memory, she did not tell anyone about the big fight yet. But we know Janelle's main character arc for this season is furnishing this tiny little apartment. <laughs> that is her main character development storyline plot that we are going with. So everything that she has filming wise is related to acquiring more pieces of furniture for this tiny apartment. So Christine is bringing over the big beanbag chair because Janelle really wanted a chair to tie the room together, but she didn't want to have to build anything else. 
I yeah, I do appreciate that it was the most Janelle thing to do to say, you know what, I built a bookcase. She didn't though. Christine built the bookcase. I assembled a Christmas tree. I think we're just gonna go with a bean bag now. And also, what is the biggest piece of furniture that we can cram into Janelle's apartment for comedic effect? <laughs> it's larger than the couch, isn't it? It is enormous. <laughs> it's so large. We already knew this thing was huge when it was in Christine's living room, which apparently this was a Cody and Christine purchase. So, you know, she's been looking to get rid of this thing. Well, he loves to just manspread all over a piece of furniture. So I imagine this was perfect for him. But now it'll be a place for the dogs to sleep. There's some poetic justice in there somewhere. <laughs> Cody's sack has been all over that love sack. <laughs> so did she saran wrap this thing? How did she make it smaller? It's just a lot, a lot of plastic wrap. Shrink wrap. I would have paid to see that scene of Christine prepping the beanbag for delivery. And then getting it into her trunk alone. Wow. No help. Where was Truly on this trip? I don't think Truly was going to be able to assist with something like this. This is an endeavor that far outweighs the help that she has available to her. Let's be real. She begged Christine to leave her behind so that she didn't have to come visit her dad again. It's just weird. It's weird over there. It was too much time at Robin and Cody's house. All right. So we're getting this piece of furniture through the very, very tiny apartment door. It's like a fun house. Has the door, is the door standard width? I don't know. It's it's like straining under the pressure of the beanbag being forced through it. Yeah. All three people, because we got Savannah in here now. So Christine is pushing and Janelle and Savannah are pulling and they're trying to get this thing to wedge through the door. So this is where Christine takes it upon herself to go ahead and mention to Janelle in passing that you know Christine lives in a townhouse in Utah, and her neighbor, who's on the other side of the townhouse, just happens to be moving. So maybe Janelle should hurry up and put an offer in on it so they could be kind of sister wives sharing a domicile again. Just so you know, pushing this beanbag through the front door of this place reminded me how much it sucked. <laughs> this place sucks. The entire apartment that you have here can fit in my living room. So maybe it's time for an upgrade. The craziest part was she said it was only a couple hundred dollars more a month or a hundred bucks, something like that. What kind of deal are you getting, Janelle? You're getting ripped off in this place. She should have looked for the six-bedroom rentals, and then she would have had more of an option for purchase. Ah, uh, yes. There's no way I would have ever proposed that after having moved the beanbag, because I would have much rather rolled it across the hall. Yeah, I'm not packing it back up and bringing it back. No, forget it. It's here now. It lives here now. You stay here now. Janelle would have considered this if Savannah was done with school, if we weren't still raising some kids here in Flagstaff. She's a little too settled. When has that ever stopped us before? That has never stopped them from never. moving. And she's got like a year and a half of school left. Oh, come on. We moved Gabe and Gwen their senior years. Logan, we can make new friends in a year and a half. I'm very upset because that was the spinoff show we deserved, was having Janelle and Christine sharing a townhouse Literally, the opening scene could have been them sitting on the porch together and watching the grandkids play. Two's company. <laughs> and then we could just cut to Robin crying about how much she wanted to sit on the porch with my sister wives. 
And Mary can drive by on her way to Parowan, honk the horn, and just wave out the window. And everyone will go, who was that? I don't know. Do we know that person? It's just this crazy lady. She keeps driving by. I don't know. But we're not going to move. There are too many ties here in Flagstaff, including that pesky husband of hers. Well, I love how it's just, just looking around this space, Christine is like getting depressed because Janelle's living situation in general is just very sad. You're too close to Cody. You're in this tiny cramped apartment. It's making me sad just being in here. I want better things for you, Janelle, and I want you to want better things for yourself. Well, the first thing she's got to start with is actually getting a divorce from Cody. And she's not going to do that, apparently. Well, do they call it a divorce? Because then she was trying to go through a whole different classification for plural marriage. It's not actually a divorce. She's looking for a release. (laughs) Well, it's the release that Robin had mentioned. You have to have a physical release. Oh, well, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) In order to technically be divorced. No, They have to have their sealed marriage released. So I guess she's going to have to do all that paperwork and counseling and stuff that Robin had mentioned as well. Relent, recoil, release. I didn't understand this because she seems to have this stance that they don't believe in divorce or separation. I'm like, girl, you sure as hell divorced Cody's brother. It's Mary's brother. Who did I say? Cody. Cody's brother. It was different. (laughs) Cody is her brother. I think that's where you got it confused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of family ties involved. But right, Mary's brother. So Mary's brother, hold on, I'm having a moment. Yeah. So Janelle was married to Mary's brother. That's correct. And then Mary's sister. Is married to to Nathan. Nathan. They get around that family, huh? Not Mary. (laughs) But now all of a sudden we have an issue with divorce. So she's going to sit and think on it a little longer. I don't know why this was so confusing because, yeah, then Janelle's not the only person who's been divorced in this family either. Robin had a divorce. But again, those were monogamous relationships, far simpler than our complex plural marriage situation, which has no legal binding. (laughs) There are no official ties. The only thing that you have going on is that your finances are completely mixed in together with all these lunatics that you're still socializing with in this capacity. Maybe she knows if she got up and left, she would never get a payout from them. She's staying near the land because part of it is still hers. Because she's got a flag in it. Yeah, (laughs) this one's mine. But Christine's like, why are they staying here? Especially when she hears what went down with Christmas. Because she has not known until now that Cody has not spoken to Savannah Since her birthday. Which is at the beginning of December, a few weeks before Christmas. So that was a few weeks before they had the fight, because the fight was mid-December. So I'm assuming she must have been at school while they had that fight in the very, very tiny apartment. Dear God, I hope so. And then he didn't call her after that. Obviously, they didn't have Christmas together. Didn't call her after Christmas. Didn't come over for second Christmas. Now it's mid-January. Mock Christmas? None of that. She missed out on all of it. And Christine is heated, not just for this scenario. I'm talking this entire season. She's been double clutching on some stuff that she shouldn't be saying to the cameras that they are now keeping that footage in the show. Oh, but she definitely should be oh, saying she it should to the be cameras saying. for our sake. Yes, yes, yeah. We, I mean, we need to 
hear it. I want her to complete those thoughts, though. She keeps stopping midway through, and it's like, I think I know where you're going with it. Let's land that plane. (laughs) I was upset that she was madder than Janelle about this. Janelle was disappointed, but not upset. It didn't seem like it. But I think she's still probably trying to process what she's got going on between her and Cody, which is enough on her plate at this time. So I think it is kind of good that Christine's here to advocate for Savannah in this moment. Cody's side of the story, of course, though, it's the mother's fault. They took away the home he had with those children. He has nowhere to go to spend time with them now. That's why he doesn't see them. His official take is that Christine and Janelle are conspiring against him to destroy his world. That's his interpretation of this entire scene. Mm -hmm. What the rest of the world saw was a teenage girl who sat home on Christmas waiting for her dad to call her and then never received a gift or any form of communication from him. Well, this it just sounds like a conditional arrangement then. If Cody doesn't have room in the house, then you don't get a relationship with him. It's an excuse for him to take it out on the kids because that's what he's always done. If he's mad at the mom, the kids suffer. In order to manipulate the mom into letting things slide, going back to sweeping things under the rug so that Cody can continue to be around the kids in the ways that they need him when they need him. But that's why this isn't working anymore, because the kids have gotten older. And then the younger kids that are still in the family, the moms have gotten to the point where they're like, forget it. It's too damaging to continue to have a relationship with him if this is the way he's going to do things. So we'd rather just let him sever the relationship. This is where Cody lets us know the narcissist special, which is the phone goes both ways. And it's like, yeah, it does. And your children have come to find out that you're a hateful, bitter, spiteful person. So they don't want to talk to you unless you're going to change, which you can't. So I think they've kind of come to that realization, but I don't know if Cody realizes how repulsive he's become to his own children. First of all, that man's phone has zero outgoing calls. I can guarantee that. Second of all, why would your children who have been disappointed by you want to call you only to be disappointed again when you don't answer the phone or when you do answer the phone and you have an attitude. Or set something up to let you down in other ways, continued ways. Why would we want to perpetuate our own abuse in that situation? That's a great question. Also, it's not your child's responsibility to maintain a relationship with you. A literal child. We're talking about a minor, not an adult child, a teenager. It's not her responsibility to go chasing after calling you. Not a grown-up, bye-bye. Yeah, she's not even old enough to get kicked out yet by his own rules. <laughs> but look, we can always do Christmas whenever Cody decides to get around to it. It's better late than never for this deadbeat. <laughs> At some point in the undefined future, when he has the emotional fortitude, he's going to make it all right by dropping off a Christmas present for her. Here's your mini bike. Merry Christmas. What, is it used? Is it broken? Aurora didn't want it. (laughs) Lightly used. When do you think she got her Christmas presents? I don't think she's got them yet. (laughs) Even today. My guess was at her high school graduation, which was a year and a half later. And it was a card with nothing else in it. And it was a re-gift because it was a Christmas gift that now became a graduation gift. 
So the card was a graduation card, but then the gift was a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pair of Christmas jammies or I bet you a pair of earrings because he doesn't even know her ears aren't pierced, but that's really Rora's thing right now. Beautiful gold hoop earrings. <laughs> Is that what you're implying? No, I bet you these are some busted ass my sister wife's closet leftover jewelry. That's what she got. We know Janelle's got the hoop earrings. She's got those on lock. <laughs> hoop earrings are Janelle's thing. They were my thing? <laughs> so Savannah was sad at first, and now she's just mad. Rightfully so, girl. Yeah, she's not like used to this yet, which is good, because she's still having an emotional reaction to it. But it is kind of sad because you know that she still has a long way to go before she's going to be able to separate from this and get through it. Janelle did point out this was the only part where it was like, okay, she is a little mad. She said, Cody didn't even send a gift back to the rental for Savannah when Isabel and Truly had been at the house. From the mock Christmas morning, there should have been a DoorDash delivery that took place as part of that on the return journey. And to that, I say... That's Robin's fucking fault. The woman who claims that she has worked so hard to build relationships in this family that she just wanted them to accept her. You didn't try to right your husband's wrong by sending your daughter, she's also one of your kids, a gift for Christmas. No, because Robin wanted to equally punish Janelle and her children the same way that Cody did. She doesn't care. She does not care. So this is where Christine, again, is pissed. She's getting hot this episode. She knows the cycle. She's seeing all of the neglect. Is he going to leave everybody but Robin? He might leave Robin. I wouldn't <laughs> rule out Robin at this point. Yeah. The way he was talking last week, I don't know. And they're all mentioning that thing, weird thing with him. It's like a switch that's flipped. It's just something different about this man. I didn't like that Janelle's... Theory was, let's just wait for the switch to flip back. And it's like, oh, no, I don't think that's how we should approach this. This is not good. This narc has dropped his mask and he's not coming back. No. Yeah, this is bad. Or he got a brain-eating amoeba in the prairie dog plague pond. Yeah, he's just in the final stages of prairie dog plague dementia. (laughs) Does he have rabies? Do we need to have a 5K? Is it a variation of that? Who knows? There's a lot of variants. I'm sure he has a supplement for it. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Well, we didn't get to spend Christmas Eve at Mary's house, but we are going to have a little catch up with Robin as soon as Mary gets done shoveling the driveway. There wasn't really shoveling that was going on. This was kind of, oh, I should have shoveled last week or a couple days ago, but now it's kind of melted and then it refroze. It's so ice. So it's ice. Yeah, this is not too good. You think she was out there pretending to shovel so that when Robin pulled up, she felt bad about the fact that Cody was not coming to help shovel her driveway? It was the little half, <laughs> it was the little half wave that got me too, when she was just like, oh, hey. Hey. That's just me. Out here with my pickaxe. <laughs> she needed one of those. Like an ice climber. Yeah, some spike boots. She's got to take a visit to Cody's truck and grab one out of the back. The holidays were rough. I think that's our main takeaway. Yeah, cue the violins because Christmas was tragic for Robin. For Robin specifically. Because this was the first holiday since Christine left officially. Wasn't it kind of like the other holidays? That they had during COVID. It felt as, like last year. Aside from Christmas. Yeah, this felt like a repeat of last year. Almost like the same footage over again, like for Thanksgiving, <laughs> when we were fed the exact same content that we had last year. Well, we're starting off strong by telling Mary something that's going to hurt her feelings, which was Isabel, Truly, and McKelty came over to the house for mock Christmas. And Mary is wounded by this because... Robin just immediately goes to, oh, well, I guess it's bad communication. Okay, you're the person who's involved to communicate that. Also, they came to your house literally days after Mary was at your house celebrating Christmas, actual Christmas. You didn't know that Mock Christmas was going to take place and who was invited to Mock Christmas when she was over at your house to tell her in literal fucking person face to face Never mind the fact that you seem to not know how to send a text message, unless it's to a family group thread. Specifically about siblings exchanging gifts. Hold on. Yeah. Is that the problem? Robin don't, Robin don't text. She's like machete. Robin doesn't know how to text. She can only FaceTime. It's the buttons. Yeah, the buttons are hard. Is that also why Cody can't make an outgoing call from his phone? Tactile responsiveness is, it's tricky. It's hard. It's difficult. But no, none of this is Robin's fault, according to Robin. No, she just, she's been just going with what everyone else wanted, except for when she told Mary what she wanted, which was to not invite the rest of the family to Christmas. Yeah. And it was just her house with her kids. And she made sure not to mention any of that to Mary. I'm hoping that things are starting to add up for Mary now. It does, because then Robin continues with this storyline and says, I thought you knew. I thought you knew about Mock Christmas. Uh, From whom would Mary have heard this news from? Cody does not call her. I feel like she's trying to throw Christine under the bus here. That would be interesting, where Robin is trying to throw Janelle and Christine under the bus. Well, not Janelle, because Janelle's kids weren't involved in that either. They weren't invited. Just Christine. So Robin is trying to make Christine look bad Mm -hmm. and make Mary feel like, oh, Christine didn't loop you in on that? I thought you knew. But really, this is just putting Robin and Cody into a bad spot with Mary, because they hosted it. And you still didn't mention it to Mary. That's what I think the play was. It was to make it look like, oh, Christine left the family. 
And now she's not going to try to communicate with any of us, and she's just keeping us all separate, and I can't believe that no one told you about it. Except for all these other people that Janelle and Christine met up with at a rental house that they went out of their way in Flagstaff to procure specifically for the holidays. No effort whatsoever, clearly. Well, now Robin has to start to ramble because she kind of knows she got herself in a little pile of shit here. So she starts talking about how she doesn't understand what happened to the family. She's so confused. She doesn't get it. What happened? Tell me. What, I, I haven't been here since the beginning. What happened? What happened to the family? This is the same conversation that she had with Mary a few episodes ago. First episode this season where she's trying to dig up dirt on the rest of the family so she can pin stuff on these other wives who have left now. So anything that Cody's upset with, she can explain it away as it's always been like this. She's working very hard to try to walk back the idea that the family fell apart because of her and specifically because Cody spent more time with her and her kids. And that seems to be what this entire conversation is about. And it's something that Robin initiated because Mary is staring into the void and she is so bored listening to Robin have the same conversation that they had a few episodes ago with her. So we go, we run down the entire laundry list of things to blame for why the family is in the situation that they are. COVID, obviously, that's Cody's go-to. But the issues with Christine from the beginning, Mary had them too, sure. Did they make it work when they were all adults and had young children together? I guess so, but it wasn't easy. When they went public, there was a lot of change. There was a bunch of pressure there. Funny how we didn't really mention that Robin ending up in the new relationship with Cody, that probably played a little bit into that dynamic too. That Robin was the change? Robin was a big part of the change. There was fundamental differences. Christine and Janelle were even talking about how they expected a lot of that to kind of die down eventually, and they would get back to that old family form that they had pre-Robin, and they never got there. So that's one side of the story. And we take a brief pause, and we go back to the student housing center to hear from Janelle about what she's thinking about this marriage with Cody. What's going on? You still interested? And Janelle's not really sure. She's been thinking about this, but all she knows is that she doesn't want what they had before, which was where she let a lot of problematic things slide. There was favoritism and inequality that was all heavily favored towards Robin. So it's nice that Janelle has some standards now. It did take a very long time, but I'm glad that she is there now. My concern is that Cody's not going to like that. Oh, no, especially the part where she mentioned she wants to have an actual marriage with him. And you know where my head went with that. Someone also has not been banging for a while. Dead bedroom. It's not been happening. She accepted it. She took the relationship for what it was. Her kids had a dad, but that's not the type of marriage she wants moving forward. And that was the same problem that Christine had, right? Literal same conversation. The marriage we had before wasn't enough for me. I want something more than that. And Cody's not willing to give more than that to them. This is where Janelle throws out the idea for she'd be open to plural marriage still as an opportunity. Because I think she's just looking for that part-time husband. That's what she's used to. That's what she's kind of signed up for at this point. That's what she can deal with. Janelle needs a partner who is also divorced 
and is interested in companionship and having someone to do things with and building a life with someone, but also having an individual life from them, not combining their finances, like not having the seriousness or the commitment of a marriage. Yeah, why would you want to jump right back into a plural marriage? So I'm hoping this is a passing thought for Janelle. We know that her faith is very important to her, so this is probably a big part of it because she did feel called to live plural marriage. But maybe that was for you to learn something and grow and get through and overcome. You lived it. You did that. Now let's do something else, because that didn't work out too good. But I thought it was kind of ironic where Christine was pointing out how she's in these situations now where she sees people who are still in plural marriage or still considering plural marriage, and she honors their choices, but she can't help but question why. And it's like, yeah, you were in the same boat. There were some early seasons where you were doing panel discussions in front of crowds of people defending polygamy, and people were asking you that same question at that time in your life. Why? Why are you subjecting yourself to this torture? I would love if they had an episode where they rewatched that panel and maybe re-answered the questions. Let's get a different perspective now. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. But Janelle's trying to wrap things up for us. She assumes that her and Cody are still married. That's a good assumption to have. But they're definitely separated at this point. So they are currently undefined by Janelle's standards. But is it a good assumption to have? Because I think... Mary's not married, although she might assume she was married. It's a safe assumption to have because <laughs> you know that Cody's never going to divorce unless you completely force him into it and there is no other option. Right. No accountability on his part at all. Well, we brought up the topic of favoritism. So they're going to be talking about that while Mary pours something from the tap. What is that? Why does she have to have a bar everywhere she goes in every house? What was she doing? Did you not see she has an outdoor bar complete with the tap? Oh, I didn't see that she was going over for to service anything she, during she this didn't conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought I missed something. The fajita cantina is open for business. Yeah, I think the pipes are frozen if you got stuff <laughs> running out there. I hope it's a draft. Anyway, well, Mary's got some shit to talk. So she tells Robin about how Cody at one point was so attentive to Christine. Like this one time, this one time. You want to talk about Christmases? I got a Christmas story for you that'll really warm your heart. Yeah, Mary is really the Chandler Bing of Brown family Christmases, isn't she? (laughs) What uh, Thanksgiving is to Chandler Bing, that is Christmas to Mary. (laughs) Well, one time, Cody gave Christine a bunch of Christmas gifts, and then he didn't give Mary anything. And none for Gretchen Wieners, bye. Except he kind of did because Janelle was like, oh, isn't there something in our room for Mary? Remember that thing that you left in my room that one time? Can you please go in there and find literally fucking anything and pick it up and give it to Mary? Just put a bow on it and hand it to her with intent. And what did he grab? Have they been listening to the podcast? Do we just have Mary's personality pegged? I can't tell if this is production playing into our jokes where do the jokes start where (laughs) does reality begin and end he grabbed none other than a shitty hoodie it was a shitty hoodie she is wearing a shitty hoodie in the scene she's wearing 
a gas station hoodie from the state of Oregon. They're making shitty hoodie Sister Wives canon in this episode. <laughs> and I'm so impressed. Well, Christine's side of the story is that what happened is she had gotten Mary a gift card. It's her gift to Mary. And Cody was like, well, you got her a gift card, right? So I don't need to get her anything else. That's the gift. The gift's from me too, right? You put my name on the card too, yeah? No, I didn't. No, because she's still your wife for now. And please don't upset her (laughs) because we're going to have to deal with it. So, dear God, tell me that you purchased something for this woman for Christmas. (laughs) Christine was like, oh, my God, give her some of my gifts. Placate her, please. But all she got was this hoodie, and she has never forgotten it. This is clearly a Cody behavior. Well, Cody tries to play like he doesn't remember this, but he admits very quickly, yeah, that does sound like something he would do. I guess that's sort of where resentment can build. (laughs) I guess. I guess it's kind of things like that. A little bit. But now Mary's going to share a secret. This conversation felt like a weird preteen pajama party. Well, you got to bundle up to have this conversation because, yeah, we're still outside. Mary's backyard. And now we're going to confess secrets one another. Truth or dare, it's going to be a truth. But Mary's relationship with Cody, I think we all are well-versed in that history. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. So the Cody coaster that Robin mentioned a few episodes ago, she stole that from Mary too? (laughs) Mary's referring to this as the roller coaster of emotions that she's been on with Cody. Mary got on that ride first. She's been waiting in line for her turn, and it's not happening. But what's this big secret? She tracked Cody's time at one point. To be clear, not like how long he was spending at other houses, just how much he was spending at her house. And then by process of elimination, she realized she was receiving less than a third of her time with him, even though he was telling her that he was spending a lot more time with her than the other wives. So then that just makes her more upset because now you got the receipts because no, he's not spending more time with you, but he's continuing to tell you that he's spending more time with you. Maybe it's some sort of a time paradox where time slows down when Cody is with Mary. So it feels like significant amounts of time have passed because time is very perception based. Feels like the clock is moving at a glacial pace. It feels like I'm spending the majority of my time with you, even though it's less than a third. So one hour at Mary's house is like five hours at any other house. Yeah, there's probably some interstellar ratio that we can go with here for the amount of years that pass with each tick of the clock. Get a comfortable couch. Just a word of advice, Mary. That's why it feels like an eternity there, because it feels like you're sitting in a waiting room, which normally you would not spend a significant amount of time in, or at least you shouldn't, and then anything over... 15, 20 minutes starts to feel like a lifetime. An eternity. Well, guess what? Robin has the same secret. Because no, you don't get to fill that. This is where you could tell Mary's like, all right, bitch. It's a red flag. Hmm? It's a red flag. What's going on here? There was one month in Vegas when she tracked his time. And it seems to be the same month, the one month ever that Cody decided to run an experiment and spend 
25 of the 30 days of the month at Christine's house. And I guess this was to spite Christine because she was complaining that she needed more time too. So he was going to stick it to her by actually giving her that time and attention and focus that she needed. Well, so the point of the experiment didn't make any sense because he had Christine complaining that she wanted more time with him. So he was like, all right, I'll spend more time with you and I'll see. Are you going to be happy once I spend time with you? And she was. But then everyone else was upset. Yeah, because then you weren't spending time with any of the other wives, which is what you do with all of the other wives on a consistent basis. So that's the trend here, I think. I think you need a schedule, sir, which I've been saying for about four years now. Everyone's trying to figure out when did this happen because none of us have a memory of him spending that extended a period of time at Christine's house ever. Well, I mean, I didn't go back and check my calendar from when I was stalking them in the cul-de-sac or anything to check and see where he was, but I would have a sneaking suspicion this is probably going to be around the time when Truly had a touch of flu and Cody almost killed her. So that's one theory, which I don't think you can count hospitalizations as spending time at someone's house. Near-death experiences for your young children, tender-aged children at that time, I think you would get a pass on that sort of displacement of time that would be allotted. So second theory I've seen is did it happen after that episode where Christine agreed to have the wrestling mats in her garage And then they had that side conversation where she told him that the agreement was they could stay in her garage, but he needed to spend more time at her house. Was it after the cardboard regatta? (laughs) When he was on the outs with Robin because they were arguing so terribly during the construction of the cardboard boat? Maybe it was when Robin was pregnant because we know she got feisty and she would talk back. The honeymoon was over for those nine months. So maybe at one point in there, he spent a few days over at Christine's house. And she made sure to keep track. Because comparison is the thief of joy. The very long story short of this is everyone else saw that Cody spent more time at Robin's house in Vegas. But the two of them completely deny that. Robin and Cody are the only two people who seem to still be keeping with the story that, no, Cody does not spend the majority of his time with Robin. And I think that's the legal jargon that we need to focus on with Robin, because then Cody's going to start defending this. She was in one part of the house. I was in another part of the house. Cody was at Robin's. He wasn't with Robin. So that's different. And why? Why is it that so often the case that Cody is at Robin's then? Cody explains this. Easy. Robin set him up with an office and a space for his car. So he was at Robin's, but he wasn't with Robin. So he worked from home at Robin's house. And if parking is such a concern, might I remind you, sir, that it is a cul-de-sac, which you could probably park your car at any one of those houses You could park it in the middle of the cul-de-sac. And walk between betwixt houses with little to no issue. So if you're going to say she provided you with a parking space, 
I'm going to go ahead and say that's some pretty, pretty crafty bullshit. Also, Mary had an office. Christine had a library with doors that shut. And Janelle had a rec room. I would say those are all spaces in which you could get some work done. Not the work he was looking to do. (laughs) But this is where Robin has to let us know. Her kids struggled, man. They were constantly complaining about how busy Cody was with all the older kids. Okay, I really am struggling to think of a storyline in which Cody did something with the older kids. Logan's graduation. (laughs) That was it. That was it. It was graduation. Graduation parties. Maybe is it? But everyone was at the parties. Is it the family commitment ceremony? Is that what took so much time away from interacting with these children? What is it? Weddings? Like, what are we focusing so much time on? I just remember everyone complaining in Vegas about how much time Cody was spending with Robin's kids and Robin saying they needed the time because they were adjusting to becoming part of the family and they hadn't had that time with Cody as a father. But now the story is he was so focused on the older kids. I guess he used the wrestling mats for what was that when he moved into Christine's house? It had to be the wrestling mats because then he could use them. So he stayed there so that he could go in the garage to play with the wrestling mats until he got bored of them in a month. That was the benefit. Yeah, he would sun up to sundown, go into Christine's garage and wrestle until he was so tired. He would just fall asleep at Christine's house. That was the only way she could get him to stay there for 25 days. Also, that's some shit that she didn't have room for his car in the garage because of these fucking wrestling mats. (laughs) Oh, man, you had to throw that back at her, too. You didn't have room for my car. Dude, if you couldn't park your car at an adjacent house in which you have four houses on the cul-de-sac. I want to argue with him one-on-one so badly. No, but that's the thing. You can't win arguments with narcissists. It's They're going to throw something else at you. It's always whatever they can do to preserve themselves. So they'll rewrite history. They'll take both sides in an argument to defend their stance and make it your fault that they weren't around. When they were choosing to not be around. I would still love to throw all this stuff at him. Well, maybe we'll have to write some letters. Maybe we can get a tell-all <laughs> guest spot just so. for a couple questions. <laughs> I really think they should let the audience submit questions for the tell-all. Yeah. I don't want Sookie's questions. I don't really want Sookie's questions either. No offense. but We yeah. all have a lot of questions. We've been watching this show for 18 seasons. I think the very least you could do is let the audience ask some questions. Because we've got some good ones. First question, how dare you? <laughs> Then they seem to claim, you talked about COVID, right? The COVID thing was part of it too. But if you watch the seasons leading up to COVID, we point out every time he is coming somewhere with Robin, in the car with Robin. From Robin's. From Robin's house, leaving with Robin to go with her back to her house. He was with her a lot before COVID started in Flagstaff. That was the episode right before COVID, that was when they went to go visit the Dargers. That was their last road trip, the last flat that they would ever experience as a family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is that is a, a sad thing to know. You don't know their milestones until they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a wait, thing to memorialize. Wow, yeah. Robin's really going hard at trying to take some digs at Christine here because – Then she has to go in about how Christine was never open to having a relationship with her. I was always trying to extend an olive branch, but 
She was just too jealous of me. Because Robin is just so likable. Everybody loves Robin. So why didn't she want to be friends with her? It just didn't make sense. It was all because of plural marriage jealousy. You're just jealous. Which Christine fully admits to. She's like, yeah, I marched my ass into counseling, family counseling, and told everyone in front of Nancy that it upset me how much time Cody spent at Robin's house and how much attention she got. And Robin was upset that she didn't have a close relationship with Christine. Well, yeah, maybe that's why, because there's some animosity here. There's some resentment that's just between you two. So maybe can we work on less time, maybe be more equal and advocate for Cody to split his time? No, 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 no. Probably not. In fact, she never even went up to Christine and said, hey, why is it that our relationship is strained? So she didn't want to be friends that bad. Yeah, it seemed like Robin is telling us now that she was very upset that she didn't have a closer relationship with Christine back then, even though at the time when it was happening, didn't seem like it was bothering her that much that she didn't have that great of a relationship with Christine. But now, now she's very upset by that. Well, that's too bad because even if they could go back and fix all of that and Robin had offered her friendship to Christine, she would have rejected it. Which I think that's why Robin didn't go out of her way to make that offer to Christine, because I think she knew what the answer was going to be. I don't know if Christine had the balls back then to tell Robin outright that I I don't want to be friends with you because I can't trust you. I think this was when Christine was starting to get emboldened by therapy, where she was sitting Mary down and telling her that she's a horrible person and nobody (laughs) likes to be around her and she really sucks the life out of her room. Those types of conversations were happening. I can't believe Mary didn't mention that as one of the lows in the roller coaster of this family. Well, that was with Cody. Yeah, her roller coaster ride is with Cody, not with the family, even though, yeah, they had some bumps along the way. I think that would be a bump in the road. (laughs) Then Janelle tells a story that made her not trust Robin, which took her until season 14 of this show, right before they were about to buy the she Chateau. And Janelle had a conversation with Robin. It was not confrontational. It wasn't an argument. She just expressed her concerns that if they bought a house, it might impact their ability to pay off Coyote Pass on time, which seems to have played out exactly the way that she was concerned. But Robin was losing her rental at the time, and Cody wanted to buy. Not Robin. Robin didn't want to impede on paying off the land. Cody wanted to buy the house. So a year and a half passes. Janelle doesn't think anything about this conversation. They bought the house, whatever. And then she's having an argument with Cody. Something probably completely unrelated. But he's going to pull this conversation out of his ass to throw in Janelle's face. Well, it's ammunition now because that's the way narcissists fight. And this is where Janelle realizes, I didn't talk to Cody about this. The only person I spoke with about this was Robin. So Cody's not the only one who leaks like a sieve, apparently. (laughs) And guess what? If it's a requirement for Janelle to be besties with Robin in order to stay married, all of a sudden she is much more open to a divorce. I think that was enough information for Janelle to understand What's going on with this fugly slut? (laughs) Do not trust her. I loved Christine here where she's like, hmm, who had a great relationship with Robin for years and Cody still 
is an interest in a relationship with her? Oh, yeah, that was Mary. Yeah, Mary and Robin were BFFs for so long, and he has completely discarded Mary. So where did that get her? Nowhere. Nowhere. And yet he's expected Christine to stick around and suck up to Robin. And now it sounds like he's expecting Janelle to stick around and suck up to Robin. And if you don't have a relationship with Robin, then you can't have one with Cody. It's the cycle playing out on full display yet again. The third time's the charm. I love having Christine's perspective from not being involved in this mess anymore, where unfortunately she's seeing signs that Janelle is still in love with Cody. Don't know how, but the Cody of the past. She's still sticking around with hope for. Cody's of Christmas past. (laughs) In a Dickens way. (laughs) But she's pretty sure that all Cody's going to do is continue to have his world revolve around Robin. And nothing and no one is going to change that. Well, the world is revolving around Robin at this point. She is standing at Mary's fire pit again. Just total fucking power move again. And she still needs answers. She's demanding answers. Like she's waterboarding Mary at her outdoor bar. Mary's like, I don't know, Robin. I don't have the answers for you. Mary's talking to Robin like she's a toddler asking why they can't stop and get McDonald's for dinner. (laughs) It's done. It's over with. It happened. Christine and Cody are divorced, and it does not matter what Robin thinks. It's like, yes, girl. Can we say that to Robin's face? Oh, not yet. Because we just have to say, I don't know. I don't know, Robin. Because Robin's still demanding what's a real deal breaker because she hasn't seen one yet. Because Robin is a pro at enduring abuse, which we've learned from her first marriage. And now it's continuing on in this one. So now she's upset that Christine and Janelle and Mary don't have the same fortitude that she has They don't have the endurance to keep going. To just roll with it and just let it happen. I want to see Robin's list of deal breakers. What are they? I feel like her list would be very different. When he cancels your QVC credit card, deal breaker. But Christine's whole rationale of Cody not spending enough time with her and her family and caring more about other members of the family than her, that is also something that isn't a good enough excuse for Robin because she's felt that way too. And you don't see her leaving. So again, she has to discount the way other people are feeling by saying that she too has experienced that trial and tribulation and overcome it. And even 10 times worse than what you're going through. This all just really shattered Robin's world because she's still raising tendies. She's got tendered age children. The rest of the family has grown up. They're fractured off. The older kids don't want to come back and spend time with them anymore. And everyone just left Robin to raise her kids alone. With the nanny and Cody and... Mary living very close by, but no one wants to call or text her. Yeah, Mary has to go out of her way to remind Robin again that she is still in town and is still here, usually. I was extremely irritated by them claiming they want the whole family to come together still and that that's like the dream, the big picture is to have everyone get together. But you're... Words and your actions don't align because we just watched a few episodes ago you not include or invite the rest of the family for Christmas. Went out of your way to make sure Mary got the message 
that we're not inviting Christine and Janelle over for Christmas Eve. And then didn't invite Mary over for second Christmas. Mock Christmas, a full-on mockery. But Robin still can't wrap her mind around this because they're supposed to be the nucleus. Everybody else is supposed to come back and visit the nucleus. Robin wants to be the nucleus. But it's like, yeah, but you guys suck. So that's why people aren't coming back. Is it just me or did Cody use that exact way to describe the Biggie Housey? Yeah, because they wanted land to build all these casitas for the kids to come back and you'd have your own place to stay on the land. That was phase two, right? But after the phase Biggie, two after when Biggie they split Housey got... Yeah, well, nobody was into Biggie Housey. No, no, no. Gonna have to share a living room with Saul and Ari. No, thank you. No. But Robin doesn't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care. It's just a cheap version of what our family was. <laughs> but something tells me that Robin doesn't want a cheap version of anything just based on her house and some of her financial decisions. That is a trend in her life. Seems to be a pretty consistent thing for her. But she's not actually crying at all during this entire rant either, by the way. She's swiping with her fingers and clawing at her eyelids to try and scrape any little bit of liquid off of her eye. She can't get it. Can't get it. No, can't squeeze out even one tear. I don't care who's getting together. I don't care how many presents you give. And I don't care how many special foods you make or how many fancy houses you rent. It's just a cheap, broken version. That was some projection, wasn't it? But everything she listed, that was her Christmas. We saw you buy, I'm going to say it was hundreds of gifts, the number of gifts so that were under the tree. So many gifts. Between first Christmas and mock Christmas. There was a ton. The bikes. So you're the one who bought a bunch of gifts. We saw Janelle's kids open a stocking. And we saw Christine literally say, they're not doing a bunch of gifts. They're just spending Christmas together. But okay, different version of what happened. Special foods. I don't care how many French burritos you make. <laughs> well, maybe she was jealous about the roles. She heard that Christine was jumping on a video call with everybody else in the family to show them how to make these roles, but she will not show Robin. <laughs> She's not going to do it. Special foods. She's going to have to watch Cooking with Just Christine if she wants that recipe. <laughs> Oh, my God. But, yeah, and I guess she's upset that they're renting houses. She wants them to buy fancy houses. Maybe that's what she's upset with, <laughs> even though she allegedly is a bigger fan of the rentals than buying. But the kids see right through it, according to Robin. They do. It's cheap. Cheap. Oh, if Mary has to break it down for Robin here, though, the kids kind of gravitate towards Christine because she was, like, the matron of the family. She kind of raised them, and they spent a lot of time with her. And generally, she's a likable person, which isn't a thing that either of us have going for us. I think you all may have overlooked the amount of stock Christine held in this family and kept this all together that you all took credit for along the way. I think we're slowly coming to that realization, but it's going to take a couple more years, a couple more Christmases to let that sink in. Yeah, Mary's not there yet because she's still seeing value in the big picture. But there isn't a big picture anymore. How big can that picture be? It's not, <laughs> there's not a lot of room left oh, on Rob that canvas. Robin told us it got shattered. They shattered the picture. So 
Maybe when she figures that out, she'll leave. Because if she's just sticking around for the kids to come back, they're not doing that anymore. I'm not coming. But Robin really needs a reason why her family was blown to smithereens. Robin demands a reason because she's entitled to that. A look in the mirror, bitch. As everything else. Yeah. Why do you need? I love that she needs a good reason for these people to want to stop being treated like shit. That's not for you to decide. Can we put it into that context really quick? The rest of the family's being treated like second-class citizens, I believe was the term that Christine used at large family gatherings. That's what it felt like, going to a family gathering. So everybody's over it. They're done with that. And now you're upset that they're not going to participate in this dysfunctional system anymore that you've perpetuated. Well, right, because it would be a lot better for Robin if they would just continue to be okay with being treated that way for her personal comfort and the comfort of her children. Oh, it makes me feel a lot better because I actually have a pretty sweet deal when it comes to this whole arrangement. Over in Salt Lake City, Aspen and McKelty are spending some time over at Christine's house to plan her 50th birthday party. So we're landing on a 1950s theme for Christine's 50th, where a costume will be required. They're going to have a soda fountain, ice cream bar. It's going to be a full-on sock hop, not like Robin's phonograph COVID sock hops that she had for the Sweet 16 and Never Been Kissed jams. What a time period to pick, though. Not really one that I would choose to celebrate my liberation and freedom. (laughs) Yeah, from patriarchy and <laughs> just some of those little things. So, some of the other evils of society and culture, I don't think I would choose the 1950s. Yeah, but we're not going back to that. It's very important to discuss the guest list because McKelty has a pen and we need to make sure that we proof this list before she starts writing names down. McKelty's the bridge, but sometimes you need to proofread the bridge on the list that that bridge is put together because we don't want all these people. At this party, we only want positive people who are supportive with Christine's current situation and who are nice to be around. So that is going to make it a pretty short list. She's like going through Cody's family members like, so Grandma Janelle, uh, probably not McKelty, dad's best friend. Also, a no-go McKelty. Did she mean Nathan? I don't know. I, that's who I I would assume. Nathan I'm like, can we Brian? not say his name? Yeah, Nathan, Brian, maybe the Brian, business partner Brian. Yeah, but we we can't. He was but on this. He invite, was on the episode two episodes ago. We yeah, can't say his name. Why would you? Why would you invite Brian to Christine's birthday? I don't know. She was throwing out very stupid examples of people to invite, trying to create some controversy. Is Dad's best friend single? Otherwise, he's not invited. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a gauge on. Where Christine's at. Yeah, you could tell Christine was uncomfortable with some of the suggestions here, especially once they started getting into her celebrity crush, of course. Yeah, how about we invite Shamar Moore, a name we might be familiar with from last season's tell-all. Because Christine and Suki found that as a bonding point for them. Suki, not Snooki. <laughs> okay, but could Snooki be the... Next host? I don't think so. Why? No, I don't think she's got the attention span for it. (laughs) You need somebody who knows the robust history of the Sister Wives canon. That's what's missing. 
and you need to have clips queued up and ready to go from production side, I would have like cue cards with 150 clips where I'd be like, (laughs) these are prime examples of instances where things took place. And I know he's going to bring these up. So can we go ahead and roll a quick highlight reel of this one, this one, this one, this one, those ones. And then we'll talk about it based on the context that you've given us. We're going to watch like three minutes of clips and then Cody can respond. And then I'll show you more clips on why you're wrong. (laughs) Because you're trying to rewrite history again, man. Because, yeah, no, it's fine. Just admit that you're wrong. That's all you got to do. Just get over it. It's fine. That's really all the planning that went into this party so far. Janelle's definitely coming. That's all we need to know. That's the only person you need to have on the list. Janelle and kids. Nobody else. Then sad music starts to play. And we're in the car with Mary, of course. Yeah, I think that music track was titled Mary's Theme. And uh, Mary is in the car on her way to the Mayor B&B in Utah. She's trying to say that her secret was that she tracked time of Cody getting around the cul-de-sac or not getting around the cul-de-sac, more (laughs) so accurately stated. But I think this was probably a bigger secret, maybe one that we should have addressed. But they're teeing it up for future conversations here. She's making some big changes. She's, uh, I guess you could say, worthying up if you're familiar with the hashtag. Oh, boy. <laughs> she's going to leave Cody. No, she's going to move her LuLaRoe business to the B&B so she can travel less because it's just too much going back and forth. It's probably going to be way simpler from an accounting perspective as well. Keeping all your businesses in one state. Wherever they're going to be headquartered, I don't know, is Utah a tax haven? Parowan? I'm not sure. But Mary isn't sure either. She's not sure. Is the family going to be happy that she's around less? Are they going to be sad? Well, her biggest concern is Robin, because she knows she's going to flip her shit when she finds out that Mary's doing this, because she's going to assume right away that Mary's leaving the family. As usual, because that is the narrative that Robin has crafted in her mind for the last 10 years. And that's what she's sticking with here. And also, she should. She should leave the family. But anyway, she's going to have to have that conversation with Robin. We're going to have it specifically with Robin because we know we don't want to bring this up to Cody because Cody's not going to give a flying rat's ass. (laughs) Okay. I am loving Mary as a character this season. I want more of the flying rat's ass, Mary. I love her. Shitty hoodie, Mary. Shitty hoodie, Mary. She's always been there, though. I know. In the fajita, in the, I want to say the fajita casita. Well, yeah. It just rolls off the tongue. In the cantina, this is the true Mary, and I want her to come out more. I'm enjoying her. And so does Robin. Robin doesn't want Mary to leave. She's enjoying this version of Mary. Is she? She just doesn't want to have to do... Marriage with Cody alone. I think that's a hefty majority of those emotions that she is carrying with her. Yes. Even though she's been doing Cody alone for a very long time. That is true. But Mary's still going to be back in Flagstaff, just not as much. Yeah. Thank you for calling out the clip that they got us all excited about, which is clearly just going to be this conversation about her moving the business. Which makes me wonder, are we even going to see Mary leave the family this season? Well, that was what was funny because the way she was wording it, it was exactly the same phrases that she used when she was talking about leaving the family during the catfishing incident. But she wasn't then either. 
she was kind of talking <laughs> about it, but didn't want to say that she wanted to get a divorce either. So it's kind of tough. It's hard to tell. You never know what Mary really means. I know. I it's It's a mystery. So as she's in the car, she is trying to convince herself of this by doing some affirmations, if you will. Well, she's recording. She's talking to the camera, but it, it comes off. It sounds like a strange set of affirmations that I wasn't prepared to hear. It, it felt like something she was practicing coming out of a call with her therapist. I am not leaving. I am not leaving the family. I am not leaving Cody. Cody has basically left me already. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes. The intrusive thought slipped in. Here they are. Yeah, right on the... It's, this is why we have to meditate, it's center hard. ourselves again, bring it back to the beginning, breathe. I am not leaving the family. I am not leaving Cody. <laughs> but Cody's ready for her to leave if she wants to go anyway. So Janelle's analysis, her take on this, Mary and Cody, boy, that is pretty sad that Mary's still holding out hope at this point, but Cody doesn't even speak about Mary in a positive light at all, so it's just sad. And I think that was the breaking point for Christine, too. She saw that comparison and she was like, I'm not looking to sign up for that sort of a relationship with Cody. I'm not going to stick around for that. So if my options are get treated like Mary or leave, I'm going to leave. But Mary's not here to make a rush decision of any kind. Cody said these kind of negative things about their relationship to other people, like the entire fan base of Sister Wives when yeah. he declared it on national television. On the tell-all cast and crew and then subsequent viewing audience. But he hasn't said it directly to her. So until that day comes, she's going to stick with it. I don't think he's ever going to be able to verbalize that. So now this is just a war of attrition because now Mary is choosing not to leave until Cody tells her to leave. But Cody's MO is that he just abuses and then neglects a wife until she decides to leave. So now their stubbornness is what keeps them together, which I think that's what brought them together in the first place. So again, there's something poetic there, but also incredibly fucking toxic. Next episode, Christine reveals she's hired a matchmaker. Mary plans to move her business, but worries how Robin will take the news. Janelle meets with Cody for the first time since their huge fight and asks if he still wants a plural marriage. This felt like Janelle was breaking the news to Cody that they will be remaining separated. And this felt like brand new information to Cody. Like he never thought she would come around to that. I thought he sounded relieved and excited, not shocked. There was an excitement in his voice. But I guess we'll see next episode when we revisit Salsa Brava. The return of Salsa Brava. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving our view on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.